0: Hello and welcome to Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged, an hour long discussion of activity in the financial markets around the world featuring columnist John C. Dvorak and money manager Andrew Horowitz. This conversation is casual and unrehearsed. Let's join John and Andrew now.
1: I'm John C. Dvorak. Hey, and I'm Andrew Horowitz. And this is the show for December 27th, 2018. 22 the last show of the year.
0: Yep. It's how was your Christmas?
1: Well, the Christmas, year will be uh, probably
0: in a week. What do you mean? Christmas is going to be, Oh, it's, you do it after. Yeah. Because you get better deals. You got the whole thing going on. It's not for, it's, it's mostly
1: for the convenience of everybody who has got all these obligations, every which way. And so we can do one. uh, And we kind of got into it a few years ago to do it late. Mm. And uh, uh, it's very enjoyable. And yes, by coincidence, you get better deals.
0: Yeah. So we talked about this last time that we're, we're going I'm, to, I'm moving Valentine's Day to March.
1: <laughs> yeah, you said this or you already used this gag.
0: So this is one, of John, this is one of my favorite times of year because it's just, so I did, a, did you see my um, stuff I did on Twitter? This, this. No, I didn't. So I popped, I, I I don't know what came over me, but I was on a baking spree Oh, well, I
1: time. did see some of it. Yeah, oh, you're making all kinds of that stuff. That
0: was that was crazy stuff. Anyway, um, a lot of fun doing that. So this is one of my favorite times of year, especially when these holidays fall on like a Monday, because you get uh this this extra amount of time, right? The the weekend, Friday's like whatever. Then you get the Saturday Saturday uh, and Sunday to play. Then Monday off. We have that for this week for Christmas. We have it for next week for New Year. Then it's normal for a bit. Then it's again another Monday off. Due to Martin Luther King MLK Day, uh, the 16th. So it's kind of like this this marathon of Mondays off.
1: Yeah, four-day weeks. So,
0: but anyway, we do a best of each and every year. One of the things I like to do is think about all the things we talked about, some of the stuff that we got wrong, some of the stuff we just, you know, say, wow, how look, look at how smart we are. And sometimes, oh my God, what dumbasses. <laughs> what dumbasses. We talk about a lot of things. So we uh, want to thank Ryan Radisky, who uh, spends his time each and every year gathering all the clips and putting them all together for us. And uh, we have uh, three separate and distinct segments this year, two shows this week and next week. So, John, what do we uh, what, what kind of encapsulate the first summary of what we're talking the about?
1: The first group of, of things that we have for uh, everyone's – Massive enjoyment it are, are the predictions that were made. Uh, and we can make some now too, if we want, uh, f- throughout the year. And we've, you know, pre- we, a lot of the stuff, like when we predict the, uh, what the fed's going to do, I think we've hit it. Like, are you hit it every time with some accuracy? Yeah,
0: They're, they're pretty, they're pretty obvious. I mean, they- and
1: everything else has been hit and miss, uh, but you know, our stock picks have been
0: good. Stock picks have been good. Those we talk pre- about those a lot are of predictions. Things. I'm making a prediction right now. I'm going to work out all year long. I'm going to diet and I will not lose a pound. But wait, you're going to work. I'm going to work out all throughout work the year. Out, I'm going to diet
1: and, you, and I won't and lose any anyway. <laughs> You won't lose a pound.
0: I won't lose a pound. You just be and- bones. <laughs> like the, uh, the movie theater. All right, let's get into this first uh, This first gathering of information and predictions and the stuff about recessions and all that. Let's get it going. A lot of times the stocks move up into earnings, right? Yeah. And, you know, the, the, for for a month, let's say, into earnings, they move up and they kind of crescendo upon the earnings announcement. And then they're like, eh, ah, not so good. It's not so much that the earnings aren't good. It was that there was too much baked in already. Well, now we have quite the opposite. And I think that's pretty interesting. And I think this may be the theme for the year. I think it's very interesting. Feel free to agree or disagree, whatever you want. Do you know how much energy is up for this year? I mean, I know uh, 2022 I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. The energy sector, the energy ETF up 16% this year. In two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. So that's what's going on right now. And oil is at, what, 84? Oh, oil's out of control. It's it, it, it's terrible. And the whole
1: energy sector is going to go nuts because, for one thing, we have a nice cold winter. Yep. And it's freezing out these these people that, you know, follow Bernie Sanders' recommendations. So they're using wind power in New Hampshire to try <laughs> to heat the houses. And that's not working out.
0: Not working out so well.
1: And uh, I don't know what they're going to do.
0: See, everyone's going to freeze. But weren't we supposed to see now, now? There's a lot of talk about, uh, th- th- you know, three digits on the oil price.
1: Yes, I, you know, they're starting to. It may actually break a hundred. It wouldn't surprise me. That let's put it that way. Does it make any and sense? It, to you? Right. It. No, it doesn't make any sense that it that it can't be stopped from going this way. That's what doesn't make sense. Uh, it's just poor. Uh, I think it's our government that's causing a lot of this issue. And, and I think we're also being punished. But the gas prices in California right now for premium is five dollars and thirty-five cents to five dollars and fifty cents a gallon.
0: And this is all part of the inflation problem because energy is a part of the inflation calculation. Right. And I believe that that five fifty, which is
1: the highest in some area, I think maybe there's a couple of stations in San Francisco with five fifty a gallon for premium. Uh, it's not that the other stuff that was cheaper, but you know it's probably a four ninety for regular, mm-hmm. but five fifty. I think it's going to break six bucks uh, within the next couple months.
0: Fifty nine percent think that's to come, which is not a very good number. Uh, there is a discussion about a coup attempt in Russia that the what do they say? Uh, the, the Russian elites, which they don't say oligarchs, they say the elites are trying to potentially do some kind of a get rid of Putin move. Because they're fed up, they're disgusted. That gonna happen? I, I doubt it. I don't see it. I don't see it.
1: They're really at the the reason a lot of Mauritius because of Putin, mm-hmm. not in spite of him. Yep. Thank you. But it was not a tough call. It was a no brainer. I mean,
0: it's gonna. The big thing is they're talking about putting twenty percent of income tax, including unrealized investment income.
1: It's technically. If you read the, I think it's the 16th Amendment, the one that put in the uh, taxes, it has to be income tax. That's all that was approved. Wealth taxes were never approved in the uh, Constitution with the, the amendment to the Constitution. And so they have to come up with a trick. So this is like a bull crap trick. Uh,
0: it's like a backdoor tax uh, skirting the rules of the Constitution.
1: So, uh, that's why it has this, that's why they unrealize anything they can do. They can call it whatever they can do. They have to call it income so they can, you know, call everything income. So if you have your net worth goes from, uh, 1.5 billion to 2 billion, that f- half a billion dollars is, is going to be defined as income for that year. And then they're going to nick you for, uh, I guess either 20% of that or perhaps 20% of the 2 million or 2 billion. I'm not uh, sure. Yeah.
0: So depending on what your base is. It's not going to get
1: through, but it, it's a, at least not going to get this, through.
0: There's no way this take, is going to get through.
1: They're taking a swing at it though.
0: I don't necessarily agree with
1: it. I'm not saying that I agree with it and I don't Realistic necessarily guy. agree I can, with it. I yeah. must tell you, I don't.
0: Between me and you, nobody's listening, right? Between me and you, I think this uh, Ukrainian CEO, prime minister, dude, is a master at manipulation. I think he's got the West so well tied that he is working it so well.
1: Yeah, he's a guilt tripper.
0: Oh, fantastic.
1: I don't like him at all. No? I, in fact, I don't like the situation at all. This guy I don't like in the least with his tight T-shirt. Not a cheap T-shirt either. His tight T-shirt, he's in <laughs> photo shoots all the time, and they're looking here, looking there, and he's always on some news show. and. uh you know he's constantly begging for more stuff. I mean, it, the thing is, how much stuff? Do, I mean, you can't get the stuff to the people that need it fast enough. But yo, know, we need more, and we need it faster.
0: More sanctions. I think they're
1: bilking us. I think they're. I think they're literally something. Us. Something is. Is I think it's going to go on the open market. All the stuff that we're giving them oh. billions of dollars of oh. stuff, and it's going to go right out to who knows who, and it's just. I think we're just getting taken for a ride. Feel free to agree
0: or disagree whatever you want but markets are moving to lows we're getting close to that february i think it's february 24th low that we saw that a lot of people said that we were going to test and then there's a lot of people now predicting some really crazy levels i was talking to a uh, gent uh, tonight who is an analyst for himself and he said oh we're going to twenty eight thousand on the dow i'm like well how did you get to that number 40 years of investing what does that mean well, I've been doing this a long time, he says. And I'm telling you, when they start selling, just like when they bought and it went to the other side too much beyond levels that were imaginable, it's going to be the same thing. They're going to overshoot to the downside. 28,000 on the Dow. So that's another 12% for the Dow.
1: I think it's a possibility. I think I'm not seeing it, but it's a possibility.
0: Yeah, I, I think it is a possibility. I think that if you do take the Dow, as he's talking about, and you do tack on another 12% loss, it's right where the Nasdaq is year to date. The Nasdaq's down twenty percent. I am saying that this
1: could be wrong. There was a guy named I don't know, I'm trying. To, I think was Ruff was his name. Ruff, and he used to do a thing called Rough Times, and he was a market. guy. He's like one of the brand name market guys. Like that, we have two or three of them today. Mm-hmm. And Ruff uh, came out with when the market, the the economy is right at the very bottom of the bottom and was going to start to rebound that year, 1977, he produced a book, I have a copy, where he predicted the, the most unbelievable gloom and doom for the rest of the dec- the eighties and nineties and on right at the very end of it. Oh. It's like a marker. It's like this book came out and the market skyrocketed when he was predicting just the opposite.
0: It's like so the, I, there's yeah. a lot of these
1: these counter indicators out there like, yeah, it's like, like
0: the cover of Barons uh, is always a bit another a, good counter indicator. Right. There's all these yeah. kinds of things that are out there when, when, uh, you know, when, when, when put, when, when put option issuance becomes overwhelmingly hot. When the VIX, the fear index gets way up there. These are all signs. Now, one of the things that's happening right now is everybody and their brother is predicting or no, everybody and their brother is 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 providing the predictive components of a market bottom. Because if you just say there's a market bottom every day, we're about to, you know, eventually you'd be right. Like, I told you, I told yeah. you. 59% think that's to come, which is not a very good number. But Noah's outlook for 2022 Atlantic hurricane season, which extends from June 1st to November 30th, uh, predicts a 65% chance of an above average season, 25%. Of a normal season, 10% chance below. Now, what do you do with that information? You may say, All right, let me tell you why. Here we are on May 24th, and we are about to enter into hurricane season. Now, there is seasonality with the fact that we are entering into hurricane season. I think that's an obvious point. And what do we do with some seasonality? For example, we look for if there are potential items things, companies that could benefit from that seasonality. Well, hurricane season, what do we have? Let's think. How about generators? Now, for years, I've been tracking this. And I will tell you there is a seasonal bias to a company called Generac. So Generac is symbol G-N-R-C. Stock is down pretty good with everything else. We're about to enter. And I will tell you that depending on the severity of a hurricane, there is going to be a move in Generac usually that is correlated.
1: So Generac goes up after June first.
0: Generac has a proclivity to move higher throughout hurricane season, yes, and through the end of the year, and all it's a slight, slight uh, seasonal uh, bias. But I will tell you that during that period, if we see that there is a you know Cat five that's boring down on Florida, everybody in Texas, Louisiana. And wherever starts, like buying generators.
1: Huh. Sounds like a good play. Yeah.
0: GNRC. There you go.
1: Is that a nice spot, too? I mean, it has a 52 week range of 197. It's only at 215, and with the high of 524. Right. So if that's a cyclical, it goes up and down and up and down. It's at the down. Now, yep. that be yeah. a good time. In fact, it yep. dropped
0: 15 points today. Pretty, pretty significant. If everybody's predicting the market's going to crash, probably not going to happen.
1: Almost 100%. Right? Right? Exactly.
0: This has been talked about to death on CNBC, and I want to strangle them because this idea of we have to have capitulation in order to make a bottom, I think there's some reasonable concept uh, that they're talking about there, right? That pretty much the last guy's got to throw on the towel and say, I'm done. (laughs) And then – the sellers are exhausted. Uh, there is a there is a pretty substantial bet that was made last week. There was uh, somebody buying the VIX one hundred and fifty dollar calls for December twenty first expiration. Now, now to put that in perspective, what does that mean? This party has got to be thinking catastrophic event because one hundred and fifty.
1: Is, yeah, it's ridiculous.
0: It's absurd. Yeah,
1: yeah, you're never going to see that. It's, it's never hit that high. <laughs> ever. I don't think you can ever hit that.
0: The highest ever been but was- Are you bar- sure
1: this wasn't part of an arbitrage of some mm. screwball sort?
0: 150 still seems way out. Like, way above what an arb could be. It could be. Maybe. But the highest it's ever hit was March 16th, 2020 at 82. So that's when the world was plunged into, we're all going to die- and it's going to be slow and painful.
1: Yeah. Right. Which was a good call at the time. Yeah.
0: yeah. And uh, that being the case. And on top of that, it was more than just a war. In a war, you could still operate business, right? I mean, you may have some landmines and problems and rockets and all that and machine guns. But generally speaking, it, it it's localized to certain areas, right? It's not. March 2020 was you're shutting down all of our businesses. The world Economy is shutting down, right? Isn't that what happened? Yeah,
1: it's exactly what happened.
0: So therefore, you have to think about bankruptcies and problems and all this. And 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 eighty two, eighty two. Yeah, that would be pretty bad. So I don't know what the hundred and fifty is all about.
1: I am saying that this
0: could
1: be wrong.
0: Uh, gold is not going anywhere at all, just sitting there doing nothing, which in a way is good, I guess. Um, my my bet that uh, rates were coming. Down a little bit was very short-lived. It, yeah. it lasted It lasted a couple of days. did last a couple of days. But wow. your bet is up 15% your rate bet on TBT.
1: Yeah. Nice. I went the opposite of you. Yeah, it was good. Feel free to agree or disagree. Whatever you want.
0: John Dvorak, the man who called the bottom in... Uh, 2022 is now with the subscribe to his latest
1: thinking guys newsletter, or better yet, (laughs) click on this link and listen to a long lecture where he says
0: nothing. Right, because he's out with a bold new prediction. Yeah, (laughs) the man who (laughs) called the bottom.
1: I said, "Of course he's smart." To which I was greeted with, "Oh, that's such a terrible thing to say."
0: Um, I'm just going to do a search right now in the Google, Biden. Recession inevitable. A recession is not inevitable, Biden, Biden administration officials say two days ago. Biden scolds a reporter on the beach for asking if a recession is no. It's just, I don't think it's going to be inevitable. So this goes on and on. Five days ago, Biden predicts a recession is not inevitable. It's kind of code. It's clearly code. Yeah. It's clearly code for Crap.
1: It's code for what, though? It's code that we're going to have a recession for sure?
0: I think he's just trying to keep up hope of...
1: Why is his usage exactly the same each time? Each time? And then followed up by hers. Uh, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, I know you're saying it well because you got all kinds of documentation, but it's, uh, you're right, it's screwy. There's something wrong with it.
0: It's not at all inevitable, meaning that it doesn't have to be. Like, in other words, if it happens... It's not their fault. It's ours. We shouldn't have let this happen. I don't necessarily agree with it. I'm not saying that I agree with it, and I don't necessarily agree too. with it. I yeah. must tell you, I don't. we got inflation of 8 9%, or whatever the exact number is. And you're telling me this is good when you have wage growth that's you know, 5%? So you're still hey, in the you hole.
1: You're big time.
0: Yeah, still in the hole. However, the difference is that wage growth is sticky. So you'll have that wage growth that holds on, and you may have a backup in prices.
1: I don't see prices ever dropping. Feel free to agree or disagree, whatever you want. Uh,
0: You want to take some of these stocks real quick?
1: Yeah, let's go to what we just picked recently, uh, last show. Yeah, I picked Walt Disney, I shorted it. It's up. Mm -hmm. I picked Ford Motor Company, I shorted it. It's up. Mm -hmm. Not by a lot, but it's up. Mm -hmm. The other two shorts on here, Adobe. It's up, mm-hmm. and Costco, which is the was the one that didn't really take off right away, short. So all the shorts are up. That's all I can say. Short's the off. rest of
0: the stuff is hanging in there. Hang on, uh, please, just a moment. You missed something, glaringly missed something.
1: Well, yeah, there's one here that oh, was yeah. a, a long <laughs> it was one of those soup one of the ones nobody ever invests in because it's too risky. Pro <laughs> shares the ultra ultra the tripler or whatever the hell it is Yes, the triple you picked that and it's up by a lot that was kind of fun I mean you know yeah. like <laughs> We're pretty good, you know?
0: Yeah, you're pretty good, but you get some right, you get some wrong. That's how it goes. Yeah, you know, they
1: always like to mock the ones you get wrong. You can't get everything right. It's impossible. Otherwise, you wouldn't even be doing this show.
0: <laughs> well, one of the things we talked about nonstop, as a matter of fact, if you remember part of the year, I, uh, when we talked about some of the notes, and we, things that we put together before the show to talk about, we had a lot of these, we're not talking about Elon Musk, no Tesla here, right? Because it was just an incredible amount of of, of all things Musk throughout the year, you know, the whole thing about he's buying Twitter and his free speech stuff and, you know, what's going on with the board members and what's going on with the and, you know, the, the conspiracies and, and all the – and Britney Spears and Elon and – it was a lot of Elon Musk. Doesn't end. So yeah,
1: the guy knows how to get attention.
0: Oh, there <laughs> – that. He should have a crash course and, like, look at me. Dot com. Yeah, that'd be the name of his book. <laughs> Look at me! All right, let's get into this. It's this gonna be fun. Okay. It's not adhering to the principle of free speech. Now, no, of course not. I th- does free speech mean say anything you want? I mean, is that is that the definition of of free speech? I think you could. Or I think a
1: free speech absolutist could easily say yes. What you just said is correct.
0: Right, I would agree. However, there are certain things like crazy thought, yelling fire in a crowded yeah, movie theater, you know, that kind of stuff. That it's not that you're saying the word fire and not that it's what happens because of what you do. The danger you put people in, right? I'm guessing yes. I still think that a lot of this is all because of advertisers. You, you would, I'm sure you're going to agree. If, if you would have a subscription service somehow without the problem of advertisers and problem pissing them off. None of this would matter.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what we do.
0: I know. Elon Musk is on the board of Twitter. He's off the board of Twitter in record time. It's actually over a weekend.
1: Over a weekend. I don't know that he was ever confirmed to be on the board of Twitter. I think it was just assumed. I think the the, the financial- The
0: CEO said that he was- The CEO said he was on it.
1: Yes, but I think he just assumed he was on it.
0: How could you just assume that? Well, if you're
1: going to buy 10% of the company, we'll put you on the board, uh, and then without asking him. I
0: think they- They were very smart, and we're going to talk about why that is. The board was really, really- Trying to outwit Musk on that deal. By putting him on the board was actually a great move for Twitter. Oh, yeah. Uh, Musk, oh, we mentioned Musk was making uh, news. He buys a 9% stake in Twitter, passive filing. Remember I just said that, a passive filing. So that means that he's just buying a position for investing. He announces a day later the board of directors position. Again, a passive filing. Then he goes on Twitter with all sorts of changes over the weekend. You know, we should lower the cost of the Twitter blue thing and we should do that. Again, a passive filing. <laughs> yeah. Then Saturday, he
1: announces he doesn't, he, the man does not know the meaning of the word passive. He's a natural activist.
0: It's unbelievable. Saturday night, he announces he will not be taking a board position. Then he does a weekend poll. He asks people to vote on whether Twitter should drop the W from its name. Is this, is he a child? I know he's the richest guy around, but what, what is he
1: doing? Uh, he is, he is a troll of the highest order. He's
0: a troll with money. Now here's the deal. As a passive investor, you're only allowed to buy up to a certain amount of the stock. Uh, but as an investor, you could buy a lot more. If you're on the board, you're limited to fourteen point nine percent. Yeah, the there's some
1: cynics that believe he didn't join the board because he wants to get more stock than than And he wants to go beyond fourteen point something.
0: And yeah, exactly. Plus, if he's on the board, he has certain restrictions of what he can say.
1: Right. So he doesn't like that either.
0: No. Do not. No one puts baby in the corner. And this Twitter thing, I don't know. I think it's all over for Twitter. I just, I can't imagine this deal going through already. You have all these private equity and companies that are backing out. It's not like, it's not like everybody's been going after this, but they're all doing just the opposite, saying, you know what? Just to let you know, we are not going to be funding any of the potential buyout for Twitter. All these backers, or would-be backers, like a BlackRock, KKR. No, no, I'm sorry to let you know, just announcing. It's like they need to separate themselves themselves from, from this for some reason because in fear of getting killed Well, yeah, killed what in.
1: is the reason? Do you have any idea?
0: Because I think it's a really bad idea. I think the idea well, well, of- why
1: are they making such a fuss? They don't have to put money into it.
0: I think there was some rumor about how Elon Musk was going to finance this deal. He was going to go to his banker's and probably press them and leverage them. And uh, I don't know if they want separation. He said today that he will be able to fund personally 15 to 20 billion of the buyout and he'll need the rest of the money, which is another what? Uh, yeah, so he's going to you need another know, $30 billion, give or take a couple of dollars, whatever that is, right, to get that going. And I think that the reality is that there's a question as to what is he going to do with this? Is he going to take a private and if he is, put under the wing of, or put it under Tesla? Or is it going to be separate and subsidiary? Is he going to run it? He's going to get somebody else to run it? <laughs> then you have to ask other questions like, what happened to the poison pill? Twitter
1: puts in a poison well, pill. Well, that is, no, b- boy, you got me on that one. I forgot about it too.
0: They put in a poison pill, which doesn't mean that somebody can't take over the company if they agree to it, but they put the poison pill in. Over the weekend and all that. It was kind what? of a lame poison pill, though. Why didn't the board of directors stop for a second and do a shop around? Why didn't they say, you know, maybe they did? Well, we
1: don't know absolutely for absolutely sure that they didn't. Now we do know that in 2014, Google wanted to buy them,
0: and there was it, there was some discussion of uh, was it uh, Salesforce?
1: Yes, there was.
0: Benioff wanted him. But it just seems like they caved so easily. Maybe they, and here's the point. I think there's some things like if they're fired, they must have put in the deal. I know the CEO did. If he's fired, he gets $42 million, I think. Maybe there's a 420 right there, another 420. Oh, jeez. 420. $42 million and 69 cents. So I don't know. The whole thing is is, is hilarious. And then the question with the free speech, we'll we'll see what happens. It's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating. Twitter came out with something today that they splashed on my screen called Twitter Circles, where you can group tweet up to 150 people. Now, oh, uh. and then I, I put that. Oh, you can find the picture. This is what showed up on my screen. Do you want to share with a smaller crowd? Why the hell would they do this? If the engagement is the basis of how they can generate more ads and all that. Why would they go into smaller crowds?
1: It makes no it makes zero sense.
0: And why only 150? It's not even easy to add your people in there because it's not clear what they have related. It's not to get the people in your group, it's not easy. And then putting people in, putting people out and my what what if I I, I it's like direct messaging a giant group is what it is. Uh, so it goes on and on and on and on and on and on. This is the Twitter Musk drama. The Twitter drama. Twit drama. I don't know what you're going to call it. Musk twit drama. It's just uh, every it's day. Just like he's trying
1: to, trying to get out of it. Get him down in price.
0: Yeah, he's probably trying to get it down in price and probably trying to either that or just get out of this thing. Or he's doing something a little bit more nefarious, like just trying to maybe teach them a lesson which seems like there's something. For what
1: purpose? He's never been kicked off the platform.
0: But they've kicked off other people. He finds it to be a leftist propaganda machine. Well, it is, of course. Uh, I'm not not suggesting it's not. I'm just telling what he says it is, right? Um, That, you know, that people get uh, uh, barred or censured or cut. And he finds, I think he's just trying to show people maybe that... You know, he he can he can wreck this company
1: because he can with well this is Adam Curry's thesis this is that's all he wants to do he just wants to wreck the company
0: now what would be the advantage for him as a as a person who not only utilizes twitter but really loves it
1: i don't see it i i think the, i don't like the theory it doesn't i think he's just trying to get a better price i think he is trying to buy it
0: it is unbelievable though he has he didn't do what seems to be a significant amount of due diligence on the way in don't you you think there's something weird about that you know i i
1: hope that and it's possible that he is but there are some of these guys out there uh, the buy the guys who buy companies do mergers and acquisitions that are and i don't i don't see any evidence that he is but who are these other people are crooked and they put together these crazy deals and i've known two two very famous ones in the high tech arena they weren't technically illegal, these deals, but the way they put the deals together, they ended with the company for free. Mm. And uh, and it, this kind of action is bothering me.
0: You got to wonder if he's dropping the price, he's buying more at the lower price.
1: Well, I would think that's what he was up to.
0: So therefore you get the company at a cheaper price than the amount you're actually buying it for. Yeah, that could be. Oh, yeah. So let's take a look here. We had... ha, ha, 24.20. i got to be silly about that because it is silly. So let's look, 54.20. That was the price, right? So it's 33% off. Interesting. Right. 33% off the price right now of where it was. So right now the stock with a bid by an investor and other investors that have confirmed funds available, is now trading at the price of 33% below the offer price, right? Private offer price. At the same price as it was the day when he offered it. And if this offer was not there, what would the stock price be? Any thoughts? I think it would be down. I, I If... If Snap is down in that period of time forty five percent, yeah. If Facebook is down twenty percent, let's just use twenty percent and be kind, okay? So let's say it was thirty five percent, then seven dollars less, twenty eight bucks. Yeah, sounds right. Twenty eight bucks. So if he pulls out of this deal, it costs him a billion dollars, but I don't know. This whole thing is ridiculous. I mean, I don't see how we can buy this now knowing the problems that social media have right now with advertising. Clearly, in my opinion, there was such an incredible lack of due diligence. This was one of those wake up in the middle of the night and like, God damn, I want a chocolate chip cookie.
1: Well, there might be something in the contract that because of this lack of, under uh, the lack of realistic users, that gets them out of the billion dollars, too, you know. That could be.
0: Uh, there could be. Uh, I wouldn't be pro- surprised yeah. if
1: that was in there.
0: Yeah. this is fraud. How many, how many followers does he have?
1: I think 20 million or something, something like, like that. Something like that, right? Somewhat high number. Right. So, I'll look up Elon.
0: Elon. Elon Musk, here we go. He's got 30. Nope, nope. Wait a second, is that right?
1: 94 million. Compare it to Britney Spears.
0: Well, what she got? Wow. Britney. no, nope. Britney Spears. Britney Spears. Come on. Oh, for God's sakes. Nope. People. Oh, here we go. Britney Spears. She only has...
1: 55 million. So he's more popular than Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know what the deals is. what's gonna happen. All I know is that during the moment he where he was where the stock was in play, Twitter, when it was in play before he said, I'm out of here, because I think you get too many spam bots, which is his excuse. Uh, during that, I think it was like oh, about a month, I think it was in play. The my my followers went up by thousands and thousands. Really? Yeah. And then when it when he left the deal and he said no 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 it froze again,
0: so you think okay hold on a second so let me just decipher this you're thinking that Twitter was pumping pumping the or pumping the bots during the time when he came on so that they can continue showing strength in the overall users thereby trying to keep the deal alive is that is that what you're saying I'm not saying that because I don't know that that's what happened oh but.
1: It's a possibility. All I know is my numbers went skyrocketing, got me up to a pretty decent 102,000 and 0. 0.6. And uh, once the deal was off, nothing. It's just like dead in the water. That's weird. It's the damnedest thing you have ever seen.
0: Yeah. That doesn't seem like people are going to start following John C. Dvorak because Elon Musk is buying Twitter. I'm sorry. That no, seems to be doesn't the reason. Doesn't seem,
1: <laughs> doesn't seem right.
0: Maybe they they say, oh, they follow Elon, and maybe you came up as a, as an alternative.
1: I didn't come up, I nope. can assure you.
0: All right. Uh, and Musk is going to turn Twitter, he says, into a super app. He tweeted that buying Twitter no is an accelerant to creating X, the everything app.
1: I don't know what he's talking about.
0: Well, super apps is a term to describe an app that is often acts as, let's see what it says here, as a one-stop shop for all your mobile needs. For example, you might order a taxi or food via the app. And at the same time, do payments and messaging. This is kind of like what they do with WeChat in in Asia.
1: Yeah, which is a a lock-in type of app because there's really no competition to anything like that because it's not allowed by the government. Right. Uh, which is different than our system, which would have competition. Uh, so it's not like a monopoly like WeChat is.
0: It seems pretty amazing that if, in fact, all the advancements that we have from Instagram, Facebook, and name all your other, that Twitter is going to somehow turn into this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> somehow is the operative word. Uh
0: Far-fetched is probably and better
1: could, one. Could the And You do a substitute word for some somehow to not, <laughs> not
0: <yeah. laughs>
1: will not turn into this. Mm. I
0: mean, it, it, and if Musk is right about all the bots, you have to wonder how he's going to. You have to wonder how um, it's going to look after the buy. No, after the buy,
1: bot- well, the I don't know what he's going to do. Mm. You
0: want to talk about Twitter at all and Elon? Well, I don't know
1: what to talk about. It's like, you know, everyone's all bent out of shape because he took over. I don't see any
0: difference. There's no difference yet, but it's a new toy. It's like his new toy on Christmas. He's texting. He's changing things. He's got the power. He's got the power. He can now, He, 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 he Twitter blue is 1995 95 a month. Oh, the hell with it. It's $8 a month now.
1: Well, I think eight's too high. I think if you want to get a blue account or blue check, I think $8 a year would bring in, you know, millions of dollars. And it would be, uh, it would do the trick.
0: By them charging.
1: I'm not using, I mean, I use, I use Twitter, for example. I don't need the, the blue check mark or not. I use Twitter so my followers know when a new, no agenda or a DHM plug show came out. That's basically it. Yep. Or if I did a Substack column, I put that on there. Uh, I don't need a blue check mark for that.
0: The blue check mark is a validation of authentic authenticity of who you are. Isn't that the point? That's the point. That was the blue check mark. Well, that was the the original point. Mm -hmm. Now that means due diligence was done on you to show that you're not a bot, by the way, that's important.
1: Yeah. Even though I don't think that's necessarily true with a
0: lot of them, but once they start charging for it, 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 Bastardizes the process, I think so. Because now they want the money per month, and they have an extra added desire to give you the check, even though you may be undeserving. Yeah, so anyone can get it. Now. Yeah, so now it's everybody just, can get it's, it. It's like nobody has it. Right.
1: So well, that was an interesting ride through uh, uh, recent history.
0: <laughs> Twitter lane.
1: It's going to, by the way, continue for the next year or so.
0: That that now there's
1: a prediction you can count on. There's a prediction. <laughs> well, our last segment here is going to be on the recession. The never-ending. It's going to be a recession, or there is a recession, or there's not a recession, or we've redefined a recession, or mm-hmm. what the hell's a recession anyway? Uh, this sort of thing, which has uh, been the topic of conversation for almost the entire year, ever since the end of 2021.
0: It seems like it's an ongoing. It's it's always it's it's this whole. Worry. And I think well, we t- I think the main thing that we talked about throughout the year, if I recall for a second, John, was this whole a lot of people never lived through a recession. So this whole idea of, oh, my God, there's a recession. It's like panic. They don't know what to do. And and that that was a big problem, right? Uh, I seems so. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So we got lots of things to talk about. So let's uh, let's hit it. Goldman Sachs, sees U.S. recession risk now as high as 32, 35 uh, percent and cut its forecast for the end of the year. This is how things go. Here's my forecast for the end of the year. Is everything I see it. It's not playing out the way I think. I'm going to change it. <laughs> that's what they do.
1: <laughs> yeah, do it on a weekly basis.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, recession odds in line with a 20 to 35% implied uh, implied by the yield curve. And high oil and agricultural prices are going to drag on disposable income.
1: Well, that's probably going to be true. Yeah, the problem with the oil thing, being out of control like this, it really doesn't adjust overnight. No, it doesn't. Although it did ramp up pretty
0: quick. That, that, it ramps up, prices get. High. It takes a little while for the gas stations to get the prices up, and takes even longer for them to come down. That's why everybody wants to be in the energy stocks because they have the the profit potential, unless they hedged it wrong or did something odd uh, for a long period of time. Uh, Powell came out with a 25 basis point increase, very hawkish. Talk. Exactly what I predicted. Yeah, there was no way they would have done that. Everybody was all disturbed about, oh, it's going to be 50 basis points. But he is really talking a hawkish game where he talked about every meeting is going to be live and the potential for 25 basis points or yeah, 50 basis time. points could happen at any time. Yeah. Yeah. He said he didn't see any elevated chance of a recession next year. Didn't see an elevated chance of a recession next year. Now, let me get this straight. Let me, let me feed you a couple of bits of information and you help me out. This is the same Jay Powell that thought that inflation was transitory, wasn't it? Yep. This is the same Jay Powell that kept... Rates at ridiculous levels because he did not see any need to raise rates, even as inflation was kicking up pretty hard, because he was trying to keep the the uh, the the, the uh, inflation above the two percent range uh, over time. And the employment situation was not perfectly healed yet, even though it was like under four percent. This is the same J Powell's at.
1: Yeah, same guy.
0: Same guy. And now this is the guy, and we believed all that, right? Meanwhile, he was wrong on all the accounts. And this is the same Jay Powell that now says we're going to raise and possibly at every meeting this year and even more because we need to fight this dirty, nasty, stinking inflation thing. And now that transitory inflation that they all talked about is not only not true, but so far off that it's ridiculous. This is the same Jay Powell that now is giving us this he doesn't see a chance of a recession next year or an elevated chance of a recession next year, and we're believing him again?
1: Well, he may have been doing a little wordplay there. He doesn't see an elevated chance. Maybe he just sees a plain old-fashioned chance.
0: He just sees a chance of inflation, not elevated. So it's not elevated, it's just, it's obvious.
1: Yeah, right, it's not elevated. It's, yeah, it's everything just, else but elevated.
0: It's not elevated. It's an obvious chance of recession recession next, next year. Yeah, Yeah, they always got to put a modifier in front of everything, don't they?
1: Well, if you put a modifier in front, you can back, you can, you know, somebody condemns you sometime later, you. uh, You can say, hey, hey, I said it wasn't elevated. I didn't say it wasn't going to happen.
0: They are trying to contract the economy for the benefit of slowing down prices. That in itself is the definition of how recessions are created. Yeah, that's a good point. They are trying to create a recession without a recession.
1: Let's call it something else.
0: Yeah, a contraction. Slow down, slow down. They're trying to slow down the environment and the economy. Control
1: slow down.
0: Into a soft landing. They use the word soft landing. Yeah, the old soft landing. The old soft landing that never happens. Never met a per- soft landing in my life. All right, moving along here. This is definitely going to be. Yes. I want to make an announcement. I want to make this very clear. This is a Fed-engineered recession. This is the worst year, and the start of a year since I don't know. In April, April was awful. This is the worst year since 2008 beginning.
1: Yeah, but that was a different situation. I think it's because that was the, the the failure to pay you know, to get these letters of credit to work and the banks were having issues. And, Mm -hmm. and then the housing thing was a fiasco. They gave everybody a free house pretty much. And then the bundling of the mortgages, that wasn't a, you know, that was a classic scam that the big boys kind of, they built those things and then they stayed away from them. You know, Goldman Sachs, hello. And, uh, and then the credit default swap thing comes into play. Nobody knew about that idea. And some guys got, you know, became billionaires overnight. Uh, yeah, it's a lot different.
0: It's a lot different and people aren't losing their jobs. And it's not like you're, you know, back then they were saying, well, what's the difference between a recession and a depression? A recession's when your neighbor loses a job. Yeah, right. A depression is when you lose your job. Yeah. It's much different right now. People are still working. Jobs are plentiful. Money is still flowing. Nobody has—well, not nobody. There's, there's a lot of people that have an over lever, are, are overleveraged in in their houses, and but but everything is still relatively flowing. You know, you have to wonder: Can we have another financial crash this soon after the last one, which was in 2020? Don't we need a few years to separate it?
1: Yeah, you can't have bang, bang, bang. Now they did have a. The closest example of bad crashes was the 23 panic followed by the 29 crash. That was six years.
0: Yeah, that was quick. That was close. And there was bad and bad.
1: Yeah. The 23 panic was really bad. And the 29 crash was really, really
0: bad. Yeah. In the 2000s, was, we had what? We had 2000. We had 2000, 2002 was really ugly. And then we had 2008.
1: Yeah. That was probably about a six year gap because 2002 is when I think it was still a bad
0: do you know we had a negative GDP print last week? No. Negative 1.4%. Huh. So what we have here is um, a situation where the Fed is, is being charged with reducing down the inflation rate on areas that they have no ability to control. Because what's happening is that a lot of the pricing is either uh, supply-driven, not necessarily demand, or outright something totally outside the range. Of what it, what they can do, and they're being looked at as the the white knight to, to 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 somehow engineer a soft landing, quote unquote, soft landing, meaning not a recession in a time where they're already at a negative one point four percent GDP number before they even start making some significant moves.
1: Well, what well, you just said, they're not going to do. Uh- we are going to do a point 0.5, and that's going to be about it. And yeah, see yeah. what happens. Right,
0: exactly. Let, let, it, let it all rain. Let it all go. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said that she anticipates the economy to slow. <laughs> <laughs> she was on the Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah. uh, she was on this week, Sunday morning interview on this week. The economy is going to slow. She says, Well, I expect the economy to slow. It's been growing at a very rapid rate as the labor market has recovered and we've reached full employment. It's natural now that we expect to transition to steady and stable growth. But this is the important thing. But I don't think a recession is at all inevitable. Now, why do I bold highlight, italicize and underline that one line?
1: Because she's notorious for saying stuff like this and being dead wrong.
0: Yes, but not only that, I've heard this before last week. That was Biden saying that. Did he say that? Yes, he did. So the idea now that we are not thinking that a recession, I don't think a recession is at all inevitable. It's kind of a weird structure for a sentence. I don't think a recession is at all inevitable. I mean, as opposed to saying, I don't think we necessarily are going to have a recession. That's a cleaner way to say the same thing, isn't it? Yeah,
1: there's a million ways to say it that's cleaner than this.
0: But I don't think a recession is all. So, yeah, let's. I'm going to look up. Um, I'm just going to do a search right now in the Google. Biden re- recession inevitable. Um, How Biden can convince us that, an recession, that a recession isn't inevitable. One and a half days ago, a recession is not inevitable. Biden, Biden administration officials said two days ago. Biden scolds a reporter on the beach for asking if a recession is no. It's just, I don't think it's going to be inevitable. So this goes on and on five days ago. Biden predicts a recession is not inevitable. It's kind of code. It's clearly code. Yeah. It's clearly code for crap.
1: It's code for what, though? It's code that we're going to have a recession for sure?
0: Like, in other words, if it happens, it's not their fault, it's ours. We shouldn't have let this happen. Like, setting up to shirk the blame on something else, of course. Even yeah, more
1: on- it's, it's, it's kind of funny that they're it's kind of saying that. It's not inevitable, but if it does happen, it's not because it was, because it was evitable. It's because it's your
0: fault. Yeah. It wasn't our fault. We did everything we could. It's outside influences. We didn't think it was uh, necessarily a probability or a possibility with all we were doing. I don't know. So second quarter profits by U.S. banks are expected to fall sharply from last year, a year ago. On increased loan loss reserves as the pandemic recovery gives way to a possible recession. Now, if you recall, during the pandemic, banks freaked out naturally. You know, nobody's doing anything, everybody's staying home, nobody's spending money. And uh, there was a big concern that all these people would be out of work, as you see in very deep recession, depression-style times. And they put just heaps of money aside for loan loss provisions. So when it all comes to push, comes to shove, what they do is they write it off as a one-time blah, 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 blah. You know, banks have very creative ways of doing their finances. Well, that never materialized because we had all the stimulus pumped in. So all of a sudden, the bank profits ballooned. Why? They released all these loan loss reserves. We talked about this on the show. We talked about the, the profitability yeah. of the
1: banks. Yes, yeah, the way they do it.
0: So now all of a sudden, they're 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 starting to put money aside again because they're concerned about – Houses going into foreclosure potentially, people not paying on their cars, credit cards, you know, all the things that go along with a recession. Now, analysts are expecting J.P. Morgan Chase, which will report on the 14th, which is a couple of days from now, to report a 25% drop in profit on Thursday. Citigroup's going to be, uh, Citigroup and Wells Fargo are going to show a 38 and a 42% profit decline, respectively. And that's on Friday. 42%. From a year ago, and nothing's even happened yet.
1: <laughs>
0: you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. nobody's out of work. People are still spending. They're still buying cars and houses and boats and things and going and doing. They're they're spending so much money that you, you gotta cut down on your airport departures. But the banks are gonna show a 42% profit decline for Wells Fargo. Bank of America. Yeah which has a big consumer and business lending franchise expected to show a 29% drop in profit when it reports on the 18th. And it stems from lenders adding to the reserves for expected loan losses, a reversal from last year early when they, again, reduced those cushions in anticipation of things just going swimmingly well. So what's going to happen is that if we could theoretically strip out the loan loss reserves And the release, just take that out. That's what we need to look at when it comes to the banks to see how they're doing. And I will tell you that I think that there are problems in certain banks. JP Morgan, Goldman probably to see a slowdown in new issues, IPOs, M&A, bond issuance, because nobody's refinancing their bonds, right? Companies aren't refinancing. People are not refinancing their mortgages. We know that. So that's a big issue. But I think this big move to increase their loan loss provisions, which is structurally sound from a financial standpoint, you want banks doing that. And 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 also, by the way, about a week and a half ago, the Fed did their regular stress test and put very um, significant stress on the banks, put them through the ringers as, as they do. And everybody passed with flying colors. This wow, only two what weeks a shocker. Ago, two weeks ago. Yeah. So I think the banks are being set up for massive disappointment. And I do believe that, but I don't mean to be on the other side of this, that maybe there's too much negativity in some of this. And there may be some opportunity there.
1: That's not good.
0: Well, there's this risk to the downside again, overwhelmingly tilted to the downside, according to the IMF, which, you know, uh, okay. They, you know, the World Bank, IMF, Made up of economists. Economists have their heads so far up their asses right now. Yeah, and this mostly
1: are people.
0: Yeah, of course. Of course. And then CNBC is now saying there's a survey of uh, people that are looking at this. I guess the analysts and the economists that they look at shows a 55% probability of a recession over the next 12 months and an expectation that the Fed is going to start cutting rates next year. That's what I was talking about earlier. Well, they can't
1: up They can't cut rates until they get the rates up high enough, so it looks like they're doing something when they cut them.
0: Which is the equivalent of going to buy a suit at Macy's that they jacked up the price by seventy-five percent, only to put it on sale for forty percent off. It, it's
1: exactly the same. It's it's same a, thing. It's right? Scam. This is a scam.
0: Scam. I've
1: seen that. All, I see. You see it all the time. <laughs> Wait a minute. This thing's on sale, but the price is too high to begin with. The sale price is too high. Ugh. The rent is too damn high.
0: The IMF today, the International Monetary Fund, came out with a prediction that global growth will slow to 2.7% next year, which is about a quarter of a percentage point lower than it did in July. So we're talking about July, August, September, two months. They're already dropping it down. Now, you may think, well, what's a quarter of a percent? That's a lot of overall growth. It's a lot of dinero. And it anticipates 2023 will feel like a recession for millions around the world. Yeah, probably billions is what they're thinking. Now, yeah, here's probably because there
1: will be a recession. Go on.
0: But here's what they said. This is the IMF. These, these are the kind of things you don't want to hear. The worst is yet to come. <laughs> For many people, 2023 will feel like a recession. And more than a third of the global economy will see two consecutive quarters of negative growth, while the three largest economies in the United States, the European Union, and China will continue to slow, the report said. So that's not really encouraging. That kind of flipped people out this morning in a bad way. And then they realized wait a minute. Whoa, if we're slowing down like that at that level, that speed and velocity, maybe the Fed will lay off a little bit. I think that's what drove the markets up pretty dramatically.
1: Yeah, that would be the logic. Yeah.
0: All right, listen, what else do we got? Jamie Dimon out. Uh, he said, expects to enter a recession in six to nine months. This is. This is Another really fascinating discussion in how we saw the IMF saying, hey, you know, things are going to get a lot worse. It's like, you know, hold on. Um, and we see the various people like Mohammed al and all these other guys, you know, what they're talking about. Jamie Dimon, who has been a critic and, is, and has been a critic and has been a very accurate – I don't want to say accurate. He's been a realist, right? He says oh, Europe's already in a recession. S&P could easily go down another 20%. Who, who, I don't know who says that kind of stuff from his position. Pretty radical.
1: Pretty it's radical. It's already gone down quite a bit.
0: I think he's pissed off that his stock is is down 35% this year. He probably yeah. lost a hunk of money. He expects the US to enter a recession in the next six to nine months. Recommends getting capital now, saying if you need money, go get it. That was I that was fascinating. There, there's two meanings to that. One is, hey, we got a great sale on for you right now. You know, get the capital before rates go up, before banks start shutting down lending which mm. – and start tightening up uh, lending uh, requirements. Believes the Fed should have started tightening earlier. So just a real negative Nelly there. So we'll see what happens here. The results of banks this week that are going to be – What's his track
1: record look like for this sort of thing? He's
0: pretty, he's pretty reasonable. He, he's the one that talked about the hurricane and big storm approaching. He said there's a storm approaching. We don't know if it's going to be a direct hit hurricane or if at least it's – but it's going to be a storm. That's what he said about a year ago. So he's vague. I don't know. You know, if I recall correctly, and you're the keeper of my recollection, during the time that Trump was president, when the tariffs went on, you know that I was against it, but put me aside for a second. All the people on the opposite parties were hysterical about them, right? Can't do this. It's going to be bad. And then they say one of the first things they're going to do is look at these tariffs, and we still have all these tariffs on, and Biden's been there plenty of time. Yeah. You would think that with all the inflation and all the worries we have about inflation and everything, that maybe, I don't know, maybe we could reduce some of the tariffs? That would be deflationary, wouldn't
1: it? Yeah, I have seen no such suggestion. No such thing.
0: Biden said that, uh, you know, if we have a research, it could be very slight. I don't, I don't think there'll be a recession, he told CNN. You yeah. trust him? I,
1: I don't think there's going to be a recession, but it'll be slight. How's that work? Just like the, yeah, you know, a little the, bit pregnant. Or, or the joke, uh, you know, the Woody Allen joke where the woman says, you know, this food, this food at this restaurant's terrible. And she says, and the other woman says, yeah, and the portions are so small. You know, it's like,
0: <laughs> right, right. This, so, this is stupid.
1: Well, there you have it. I think that's uh, it's about as clear as mud. <laughs> we're in a recession or we're not in a recession. We are that's not in a
0: definite answer. and a non-definite, dis- uh, 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 an absolute 100%. We're not maybe in whatever
1: not. it is we're in or we wouldn't have been in if we hadn't have been otherwise.
0: That's exactly right. Well said. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode, the first of two DHM Plug best of. And I want to thank everybody for joining us, of course. And uh, we're going to be around um, starting after the next Best Of, back on the live show on Tuesday nights at 9 o'clock over on DH Unplug. So make sure to listen. Thanks for joining us. Have a wonderful new year. Bye. You've been listening in on a conversation with John C. Dvorak and Andrew Horowitz. Hope to be with you again soon. Bye-bye.
1: Now, I'm not broke, but badly bent. I'm not down to my last cent, because I got a dollar, but it's my last dollar bill. <laughs> yes, sir. In my pocket, there's a dent. All my dough is nearly spent, but I got a dollar, and it's my last dollar bill. Oh, I'd love just one more buck fortune left me by chance. Now here's a hint, I feel like a man. You can hardly tell by a glance. I don't care, no millionaire can give me the icy
0: stack, cause I got a dollar, my last dollar bill. (laughs) ¶¶ which Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training.